Hi everyone, it's Shakti Durga, and welcome to this episode of the Soul Talk podcast. Each episode is going to feature some of the highlights from live trainings, retreats, online classes, and presentations that I've done around the world. If you find value in it, please text the link to the podcast to a friend or share it with your networks. I look forward to connecting with you soon. Namaste. So today, let's have a little uh, think about uh, the whole notion of the way things are changing in the life that we have in the 21st century and how fast it's all going. If you think about your grandparents and what they were experiencing in their life when they were your age, it is startling to think how different it is and how we take for granted things that weren't invented in their time and would have seemed like just science fiction, and yet it's our normal. And it's the fastest recorded time of change in history. So how is this coming about? We know that it's because of technology. We know it's because of computerization in a lot of ways. But what what brought that about? What was the energy that brought about that kind of capacity for us to bring change? And it's a change in consciousness. So whether you're a spiritual person or you're not a spiritual person, it's hard to deny that there's a change in consciousness going through humanity all over the world. People are kind of becoming aware of new ways that they could do things. Old systems are breaking down and new things are taking their place. There's a whole genre of industries now called disruptive technology And maybe some of us have been caught in the crossfire of when things change. Even our employment and what it is that we do uh, to make a living, if you think back to the 1970s, which is when I was at school, it's like, wow, you know, a lot of those occupations don't exist now. And a lot of the occupations that people uh, favour now weren't in existence at that time. So the change has been really uh, dramatic And that's just in the secular way. But I know as a practitioner of spirituality and a metaphysician that that kind of external change is only possible because there's been so much internal change within humanity. And so it's bringing forth another cycle of what it is that we can all experience. I've also noticed that everything goes in cycles, that things are fashionable, things are unfashionable. It comes back again, goes away again, and cycles come and go. We want things smaller. Oh, God, it's too small. We want things bigger, you know, that sort of thing. Think of phones, tiny, tiny little ones, like drive you all nuts, now we want them bigger again. You know, it's just a fashion, it's just a cycle. And so are lots of things. But in all of this happening, how are we dealing with it? What's our internal landscape like? And when rapid change hits us, what do we do with it? So it seems to me that this is a good time to introduce the Vedic concept of the the gunas, and the gunas are modes of energy. And there are three. There is sattvic, which is balanced, harmonious. It's what we go for. It's the one to sort of strive for. And then there is rajasic. And rajasic is the energy that most of us would be familiar with in certain areas of our life, and it it includes where it is we race around busily doing stuff and driving ourselves nuts and Um, then falling over in a heap because we're so exhausted. Does anyone relate to that kind of energetic profile? (laughs) 
And sometimes when we're um, trying to keep up with the way things are changing, Rajas becomes our first port of call because we think if I just pedal faster, I can do all this. I just have to pedal faster, pedal faster, pedal faster till you kind of keel over like Louis the fly. You just suddenly you're on your side. And then the other response that a lot of people have to change is exactly the opposite. It's tamas. And tamas is the, it's like there's the hand. It's not going to happen. It's I am rooted in what's going on now and just try and change me. It's that energy of resistance. It's the energy of no. It's the energy of fear. Um, and it's the energy of dissolution. So it's like if we hold into this kind of negative no-ness for too long, then what happens is we can feel like the more we say no and the more we sit on the couch, watch the TV, don't actually do anything, it'll go away and we'll pretend it's not there. We'll just pretend we can just go on with our life like it is. But the thing is that life will go around us and through us like lava over a mountain just because you say the lava's not going to get me doesn't mean the lava isn't going to get you. You know, it is going to get you. You've been warned. Here's the warning signal, you know. And Mother Pele in Hawaii, just as a matter of like, let's go over there for a minute. Mother Pele in Hawaii spiritually tells people when the lava's coming and they usually have time to get out and hardly anyone ever gets hurt on that island with the lava flow unless they really resist. Their house gets burnt down. The lava comes, it's 10 feet higher than it used to be. Six months later, it's all gone hard. They just built their house on top of it and life goes on. So thank God we don't live where that's going to happen to us. But think about the tides of change and it can feel like that. It can feel hot, it can feel liquid, it can feel like you don't know where it's going to go. When's it going to turn? Are you safe? Are you not safe? And so these energetic responses are things that we kind of all know about. The energy of tamas is one I'm feeling a lot around at the moment and in myself as well. And it's that place where we just go, no, I'm not cooperating with this. I'm not doing this. I don't like this. I liked it the way it was. Why do I have to change? So you can do that and you can say that for as long as you like. But the thing is, the change is going to happen. And we signed up, whether we knew it or not, well, we didn't know it, but we signed up to incarnate in a time when all of this was going to happen, where there would be so much change. And so the thing for us to reach for is sattva. And in the sattvic time, we can turn tamas into a positive thing. We can turn rajas from a crazy busy thing to a positive thing. And the thing is, it's like a seesaw that you can go thud down that side and thud down that side. Sattva is the balance point in the middle. And as a first start, that's where we're aiming. So if we're finding that we're just too much in no, I'm not, I'm resistant, I've got all my defenses up, then it's to let go and to take a step in the direction that change is taking you anyway. Just take a step and see what happens. Just take a step, just one, and then reassess, and then take another step, and then reassess. And bit by bit, you'll find yourself back in the flow again. And you'll see opportunities that have opened for you that you couldn't see before, that they weren't there before because things are changing. And sometimes we forget that things changing means they're going to be different. Like I know that this is like an oxymoron, but things changing does mean they're going to be different. So if we've been going through a difficult time 
and we're so frightened of anything changing because it could get worse, we're forgetting that things changing might mean it could get better. And it could mean that there are opportunities, that there are things to discover about yourself and other people that haven't actually crossed your threshold yet and that this could be viewed as a positive thing and it's all about how we set up our heads. So we're going to do some clearing on this in a minute, which I hope we can all do with gusto. You might like to think of an area in your life where change is happening and you're not sure about it and where you're either pedalling so fast that you feel like you're in danger of imploding or you're hunkering down into no, no, no and not letting anything in. So if you're one of those people that just pedals really fast all the time, and that's really been my history, um, and Shiva's like that too. We both are very, very hard workers. We both um, know what it's like to actually work your butt off for days, months, weeks, even years at a time. We both have that habit. And the thing is our culture says, oh, look at them, aren't they amazing? They just work so hard. So you get lots of positive validation for, for being rajasic, but that doesn't mean it's good for you spiritually. It doesn't mean that it's actually sustaining. It doesn't mean that it's actually the peak experience of life, it actually means you're just really out of balance that way. You know what I mean? And that if you just back off 5%, just back off 5%, go and play music, go and walk on the beach, go and do something that is restful, that will bring you harmony so that you can balance yourself. Is this making any sense? so that we can start to recognize when am I out of balance this way and when am I out of balance this way. A lot of our training in more exoteric or worldly spiritual paths is that there's not three options, there's only two. By that I mean there's work hard means you're good. Don't work hard means you're bad. You see, there's only two. Everything's polarized. But Lord Buddha taught a profound philosophy that's also in existence in some of the mysteries of the, of the Western uh, mystery tradition as well, and particularly in the Kabbalah. And that is that there's actually excessiveness that way, excessiveness that way, and there's a place in the middle which is the sweet spot. It's the place of harmony and grace. It's called the middle path. It's the middle path. And that's what Lord Buddha taught, one of his many teachings, one of the many ways in which Buddhism is so profound. Um, but just think about it in your own life. How do I see myself? Is it? And, and then the other thing that can happen is that if I become too rajasic in one area and I'm crazy, then it's going to call forth tamas in the other direction as a balance. And like anything, tamas can be positive or it can be negative. Rajasic can be positive or negative depending upon where it's used, but if it's used in the positive way, it tends to float in towards sattva. Do you see what I mean? It becomes, ah, the sweet spot, found the sweet spot. But when we get too rajasic, we tend to then reach out for something that's going to dull that down. And in our culture, that tends to be alcohol or drugs. That tends to be the way we dull ourselves down so that we don't experience too much of that feeling of burnout. And then if you get into the tamas side too much, well, we just get lost in endless hours of uh, television's another one. Anything you get addicted to really is is going to be causing a tamas kind of problem. 
we fall in a hole. So why don't we have a look at this in the next week of our life and just think, okay, so right now am I in tamas, which is the one that's it's going to destroy things because I'm just saying no and I'm hunkered down against it. Another way you can look at tamasa is if you ignore a house for a while, if you abandon a house, and it's a perfectly reasonable house, but you abandon that house for 10 years, tamas sets in. And, you know, a little leak in the ceiling becomes a big leak. And before you know it, the house is, you know, every time it rains, the house is full of water. And then, you know, the wind blows and seeds fall on the roof. And then the next thing you know, they've fallen through the cracks and plants are growing inside the house. And then the rats move in. And then the, the wombats, we had a place where wombats moved in. Wombats in your house. Imagine what they do. They dig through your floor and dig underground burrows under your house through your dining room. That's what they do. That's tamas. It's very destructive in that way. And our satya is needed, our energy is needed to keep that tamas energy away from our house so that it doesn't fall down around us because we're ignoring the needs of that building. Our bodies are the same because they're a structure in which we live. And so if we get too tamas, well, we're not looking after ourselves. If we get too rajasic, we're not going to be looking after ourselves. So coming into the middle gives us the optimal way to do that. So our spirituality is actually a method for bringing us into the middle because if we're too rajasic, by going into meditation, we can balance and then we don't have that thing where we fling ourselves into negative tamas. If we're finding we're too tamas, it can be hard to actually get off our butts to go and meditate because we don't want to. I'm not feeling good and I don't want to go and make it feel better because I'm too busy feeling rotten. Has anyone ever had that problem? And you just don't want to do any spiritual practices because you're almost wallowing in the feeling bad and it's everyone else's fault. And and self-pity is such a, like the ego loves self-pity. It just sort of swims round and it rubs it into its skin. It's just like, oh, self-pity. It's just luscious for the ego. But it's a it's like being in a pothole spiritually. It's being in a place where there's no progress to be had. It's like I'm... Um, I'm going to just pretend it's all not happening and and stay little. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Soul Talk. I hope the podcast has served you in creating a happier and more abundant life. If you've enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate and leave a review on your favorite podcast app. If you'd like to connect with me, head over to shaktidurga.com. 